You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. All right, uh, this morning I just want to share, um, we have termed this year a Beniza, which is God my helper. And I want to look at supernatural help from God from a prophetic dimension. And when I'm in a prophetic dimension, I will explain it. Ezra chapter 5 and verse 2 tells us that when they began to build the walls, they had been stopped. And then, then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, and with them were the prophets of God helping them. So we see supernatural help coming from the prophetic. But this morning I want to speak in the context of you as a person, I think Brother Copeland had a series on this, as being the most important prophet in your life. In the sense that, it is by your own words you will be justified, and by your own words you will be condemned. And that when even prophetic utterances are said over your life and profound things are said, for it to work in your own space, you must be in agreement with your own voice concerning those things. So if a person prophesies over you and it's accurate, and says that by the end of this year, let's just say this will happen in your life. And then you contradict that in your own personal speech. Every single day, you will nullify the effect of it. God told the children of Israel, I have given you this land, which is the promised land. It wasn't that he was going to give. He said, I have given it to you as I took an oath to your father, Abraham. An oath means that I will self-destruct if I don't keep my own part of this agreement. But then in the course of their journey in Numbers, we saw that he said, tell the nation of Israel, he told Moses, that as long as I live, whatsoever I hear them say, that is exactly what I am going to do. And said, truly as I live, said the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do. And went on and said, you will therefore experience the breach of my promise by reason of your own words. So it's important that you take that responsibility for your own life there and make sure that you are speaking consistently with the purpose and the will of God for your life. But I want to show something about this, all right, in three steps. Uh, first of all, let's go to Job chapter 14 and verse 7. It tells us that there is hope for a tree. If it be cut down, that it shall sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof shall not cease. Though the root wax old in the earth and the stalk thereof die in the ground, it tells us yet through the scent 
of water it will bud and bring forth boards like a plant. Now, so he paints a picture here, all right, of a plant that is dying or appears dead. And he says that there is hope for that plant, even though the root is dried up and it's withered away with a scent of water. In other words, if you constantly pour water on it, after some time, you will see life come back to this plant and it will blossom. Now, but you don't pour the water once. If you do it once, it is not going to work. You are going to continuously water that plant every single day. Now, you plant the seed once. Get this. But you water it continuously. Paul said, I planted... Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So for there to be a visible increase, there must be the watering of the seed. So it says you constantly water it. Now, in the natural, if the plant is dying, and you're constantly watering it, after some time, there's hope for it. If water makes contact with it. So one look at the spiritual parallel that any life, any business, any family, whatever it is, that looks hopeless, if we discover what that water is in the realm of the spirit, and you daily, all right, pour that water, or water that particular business, career, whatever it is, daily, after some time, the signs are going to be made visible. The plants will begin to grow. The branches will come out and it will become fruitful. So what is this water that we uh, put forth on uh, the plant? Ezekiel 37 and verse 11 gives us some insight. And it says, Then said he, son of man, These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried. Our hope is lost. It's like that plant. And we are cut off from our parts. Verse 12. Therefore, now it tells us the administration of this water. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord. Behold, all my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you to the land of Israel. So we'll see that prophetic utterances will amount to the water that is being administered in the realm of the spirit to any entity. As you begin to prophesy upon that particular thing, 
every single day. God's promise for that thing is the seed that is planted. Your prophetic utterances every day is the watering of that particular vision or that particular promise that God himself, all right, has given. So it's about prophetic utterances. Now, I just want to explain two things here. And there's a first point. There is a difference between a prophetic utterance and what we'll call a confession or affirmation of our faith. In other words, I can confess who Christ is on the inside of me. I can confess who the Holy Spirit and what he is doing within me. But this is not a prophetic utterance. And many of us think that that, that is the same thing. Philemon, I think, verse 5, says that the communication of our faith, Philemon 5, will be made effective, of 6, sorry, will be made effectual or become effectual. That's the communication of it. Now, that communication, will say, is like speaking and prophesying things. But the communication of that faith will become effectual through the acknowledging, put it up there, of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So there is the acknowledging of every good thing that Christ has placed in me as a new creature in Christ. I acknowledge that every day. But that won't change my life on the outside. But that will create a solid platform, because that really is meditation, all right, for that change to occur, for the communication of my faith to be made effective. Now, so that faith becomes effectual as I communicate it, because I'm acknowledging every good thing that is in me in Christ Jesus. But a prophetic utterance is when you speak to things or you speak to people or things outside, all right, of your own self. And those utterances are instructional. In other words, when you listen to a prophetic utterance, instructions are being given to those objects out of you to respond in a certain way that is according to the intent and the purpose of God. So they're instructional. So Jesus, talking about a prophetic utterance, said, if you will say to this mountain, be thou removed, you will see there's an instruction there, and be thou cast into the sea. So you find it's a commanding statement. It's issuing, and we'll see this, an instruction. Be thou removed and be thou cast. Then he says, and you don't doubt in your heart. Now, the reason why you don't doubt in your heart is because you've been acknowledging every good thing that is in you. So if I say, greater is he that is in me than, in, than he that is in this world, and I've been saying it in a meditational way repeatedly over and over, and it's been integrated into my being, then when I'm faced with a mountain because I've integrated that into my being, 
I can speak to that mountain without doubting. But when I speak to the mountain, it is now a prophetic utterance. So just saying that God is great, God is merciful, won't change it, but form a platform for it. But you have to be saying to your business, all right, we'll say this. You have to speak to it as an entity. Jesus said to the fig tree, no man shall eat fruit. It was an instruction, no man, which meant this will never happen. Eat fruit of thee, and it responded, all right, to that particular thing. And it's through prophetic utterances, we move out of just being religious about God to the point where we become spiritual and effective. Let me show you this, Ezekiel 37.1. If we start them, you hear what the prophet said. God said to him, he said, son of man, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley that was full of bones. And then he said, and caused me to pass by, and he said to them, and lo, they were very dry. And when things are very dry, what they need is water. Okay? So they were very dry. So he wants to show us the administration of the water. And then the next verse, it says this. And he, caused, and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh God, thou knowest. In other words, God tells you, How far are you going to go this year? Only you know God. All right? I'm not sure why we don't get results. So what's going to happen in your business this year? Only the Lord knoweth. Now, it sounds very spiritual. It sounds like you're very submissive to the will of God. Only the Lord knoweth. And this is our attitude towards things. How much money will you have in your bank by the January 27th? Ah, uh-uh. Only the Lord knoweth that. Now, and it sounds like you are submissive. Oh, only God knows. All right? But if you have that attitude of only God knows, then the life remains empty. We must understand the authority that God has given to us on the earth. We'll see this. That when God created all the animals, he brought them to Adam. And the name Adam gave them, God gave them. So Adam didn't say, well, God, only you know. He, name he gave. He says, this is a dog. God said, then it's a dog. This is a cat. God says, it's a cat. All right? This is a horse. God said, that's what we're calling it. That's the kind of authority. So God wanted to show him something. He said, only me know. I said, all right. Next verse. Prophesy. All right? So there's dry bones. The next verse there. It says, prophesy. And again, he said, prophesy to these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. And as I prophesied, he said, there was that movement that occurred. So there's a difference between an affirmation and a prophetic utterance. In a prophetic utterance, to explain this, you are talking to something and you are saying, all right, to that particular thing, this is what, all right, should happen. Now, the reason why this is so important is, okay, if we look at Mark chapter 11 and verse 23, it says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, now, the word says in present continuous tense, so it means, whosoever is saying to this mountain, 
Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that whatsoever he or she is saying, present continues. He or she shall have, or he or she, or what he's saying will come to pass, he or she shall have whatsoever they are saying. Now, this is the faith here. Now, the reason why this is so important is we may finish with back heavy dose of God's word, impartation from different ministers. You can come into people's lives and you say, so, six months' time, and there's no trace of these encounters. All right? And it's scriptural. For the Bible says the word heard did not profit them. They heard it. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, so what does it mean to mix it with faith? Faith is always targeted. Faith there is Mark eleven twenty three. In other words, after the conference, which mountains are you speaking to? Because the results of the conference mustn't be what you wrote, but which mountains you moved. Are you following what I'm saying here? In other words, you, must, you came to receive, we'll see this, so that you can speak to certain things. And so, what are you, what are the things that we said coming for this picture? You should have things you have written down to God that you want. So, what are the things that you are going to be speaking to having heard from heaven? These are the things so that we can say, you can write and say, so, well, what was the result of Wavbeck? These three mountains moved. These three things happened. Now, let me show the pattern here. Okay? Short message. John 11, 24 and 25. We'll see an affirmation of faith. Martha said unto him, this is Jesus. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus answered. Now, this was an affirmation of his faith. All right? Integrating truth into himself. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, but that statement wasn't going to raise up Lazarus from the dead. If Jesus just kept saying, I am the resurrection and the life, whosoever believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, Lazarus would not have been raised up. Because no instruction had been given. Are you following what I'm saying? If you write a letter to a bank, what the bank is looking for is what is the instruction you are giving us to carry out with your account and deposit. If they read through it, they say there is no instruction that has been given. Now, it's the inferiority complex that man has had that makes him think that, you know, to speak like that to things. And things are speaking to us which is why people get depressed. Because the Bible tells us Jesus answered the fig tree. That means that fig tree was talking to Jesus. And sometimes things happen and you need to answer those things. Now, quickly. What did he now do? Uh, John eleven forty from verse 42. We'll see what Jesus did here. Uh, from verse 41, sorry. Then they took away the stone from the place where he was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee 
that thou hast heard me. Now, what that means is Jesus actually prayed. Okay? Because he came out and said, Father, I thank thee that you have heard me. Now, he just did that publicly for the first time. That's what he used to do. Because the next verse, he went and said this. He said, I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of these people that stand by, I said it, that you may believe that you have sent me. So he went to God in prayer, and God, in answer to the prayer, sent him to raise Lazarus. Then the next verse. And when he had thought spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Now here's the prophetic utterance. Lazarus, come forth. Now if he never said, Lazarus, come forth. God will have heard and answered that prayer, and we don't know when God answered the prayer. He may have prayed before he started coming in the first place, which is what he probably did. Because he says, we are right, let us go and wake him up. So he must have prayed, all right, long while before he got there. God had answered the prayer, and as far as God was concerned, he had raised up Lazarus from the dead because the prayer was answered. But where there is no utterance, what God has answered will never be made what? Visible. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 tells us, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, which means life comes on the inside of him, he is built up. But he that prophesieth edifies the church. In other words, you can edify yourself in prayer, but it's only when you start speaking that what is inside you now comes out and people get edified. Okay? So Jesus said to Lazarus, and this is what we're saying, people pray and ask God, God, raise up Lazarus. God, God, I'm telling you, God, heal this person. God, I'm telling you, God, I'm asking. God, I'm praying. God, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. And you can ask people, so on what day is this person going to get healed? Uh, only God knows when this thing will happen. All right? But they're praying and praying. Only God knows when it will happen. Only God knows when it will happen. All right? And never are those words released, saying to Lazarus, all right, come forth. Let me show you three examples here. Look at Peter and Dorcas in Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to verse 40. Okay, then I'll, I'll show you one. I saw it. It says, and there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas, and this woman was full of good works, arms did that she did. All right, she was sick and she died, and they washed her and laid her in the upper chamber. Verse 38, and um, a lot happened, and all right, they went to meet Peter, and they told him that he should come. Now, when Peter got there in 39, did exactly what Jesus did. Peter arose, went with them, and when he was coming, brought him to the upper chamber where the widows were weeping and everything. Verse 40, and the Bible says, and he put them forth and knelt down and prayed. Okay, so Peter prayed. The same way Jesus prayed. I remember Peter prayed. Now, but the catch is, when did Peter know the prayer had been answered? He prayed. And after he prayed, he now turned to the body. Put it there. And said there, all right, Tabitha, he said what? Arise. 
So it's instructional there. It's a commanded. Tell, he told the woman, Tabitha, I say unto you, arise. And she opened her eyes. Now, if he had prayed and he was waiting on God to raise her without saying anything, you'll have left that place thinking that God didn't hear the prayer. And I said, Abbot, we prayed. We prayed, we prayed. Abbot, what did God? We're waiting on God. What did he pray? See, in the public ministry of Jesus, he never prayed publicly. Never. There was no time anybody came to meet Jesus and said, Jesus, I need this. And says, let us pray. Father, I ask you. Think about it all. He never prayed publicly. All he did was to speak. Your sins are forgiven. Stretch forth your hand. Take up your bed. Instructional statement. All right? Arise and go. So he was speaking out. But it was the life that was in him that he was doing what? Giving when he started speaking. Now, so if you don't start speaking to things in your life, if you don't start saying, I want to show this here, all right, that by the 27th of June, I will have 42.5 million in this account. You say, how can you say that? Well, if you don't say it, and I'll show this, nothing happens. To say I will be blessed is not a prophetic utterance, it's a generic statement. I'll show you. That's what I said I'm the resurrection and the life. You've not given, there's no instruction. Uh, to say, well, no, you're safe. And prophesy. And that's, those are specific statements that you are making. And we'll see this. Because if you don't talk that way, angels don't know what you are saying. Let me show you this one God showed me. It was when Dr. Mensah was preaching. I looked at it and said, that's it there. And that's why when people, we keep telling people, when people are preaching, open the Bible. Or look at the scriptures. Because God will minister to you as you read. And why people preach as you are reading what they are saying, God will, he, he may even tell you something that they are not saying. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.